Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Are you a brew head? I'm a brew head. Y'all a brew heads? Yeah, we brew heads. So pour a glass of craft beer. We can do this. Yeah. What's good, y'all? This is C Certified Brewhead. And I'm Tiffany, liquid enthusiast. Welcome to episode 31 of Beer and Others, the podcast link up series. Exciting. Isn't it always? Yeah. So uh, we've had a great series so far. Now this is, we're coming up to week four of the drops, of the link up drops for series six. Um, it's been a great one. We have uh, a little bit more balance this time. So the first uh, couple pods that you heard there were from Ontario. Now we're headed back over to Quebec, which is always a treat. Um, this is a brew we actually haven't had on the pod yet, but we're excited to get out, uh, get them on. But we also were out there. We were just chatting about that. Um, back in 2020, mm-hmm. we were, uh, we're out there and it was really cool to see the place. I've been drinking a beer for a while, so it was cool to see it. And it was very cool to, uh, to have these guys involved this series on the, uh, in the link up series and dropping an interesting beer as well. Yeah. Uh, and one I've never had before. I don't think. I don't know if you... I, I, Not with this word in the middle, which we'll talk about. <laughs> which we'll talk about. Yeah. The, yes, that is a very specific word that the only... I think they might be the one of two breweries I can think of uh, that use it and was, that will definitely cool. get into that. Okay, cool. Awesome. So, uh, yeah, man, I'm excited to get into it. So, guys, please welcome Brian from Noctem Artisan Brasa in the building. Yeah. Yeah. Look at that. What the crowd for you, buddy. How you doing, All man? All right. Thank you for Sounds hanging like out. Beer. Yeah, man. Thank you for hanging out. Very excited. Um, obviously, you know, been a big fan of the brewery for many, many years. Um, you know, we were just talking off air that we got to hang out. If we trying to realize it was literally like three years ago, which kind of feels like significantly longer than that. Mm-hmm. But oh, yeah. It was the before times, the the other it, era. It was, the, it was <laughs> the, or in the middle of it or something. It was like when stuff dipped down dipped. and you could travel, and then they were like, "Oh mm-hmm. no, go back home afterwards." Or yeah, like yeah, another exactly. month or something. Yeah. So yeah. at least we got to get out there, meet in person, hang out, see the brewery. So uh, super excited to crack this one. Like I was saying, we always wait where possible yes. to drink the beer, and you All guys right. delivered a fantastic, unique beer, a Nano Hydra IPA. Yes, exactly. It's and, the Hydra IPA we. Um, we, we tried to, uh, kind of, uh, coin the term, uh, back in 2020, basically okay. we did the catnip hydra. Okay. Um, so yeah, I'm just going to pop this one open. Yeah. Pop that. So, yeah, so, so if we're going to start about the hydra IPA, so why we call it hydra IPA? Yes, so, please. um, there's this, um, one of the, our, um, we work a lot with escarpment laboratories mm-hmm. in, nice. um, Ontario, uh, and they created this um, new strain of uh, yeast called Idra yeast, and it's basically mm. a, a blend of two yeasts. And we tried it. They kind of sent us a, like a pouch and said, "Hey, try this on our pilot system." And we tried it, and um, we got a lot of flavors of like pineapple, mangoes that were just like there. And basically, what we did, we took just like 100 liters of catnip and we threw it in the pilot uh fermenter and we we uh put the uh hydra yeast in there so um the result we got and we just like brought these cans around like and we decided to make people make their own mind of is this a yeast that is we're gonna try and use in the future mm-hmm. and a lot of people said yeah try that so we've been using it for a couple of years now so two or three years we did the uh, session ipa hydra crush we did the catnip idra we did and now we did the link up 
it's yeast that really works. We find that it works best at low ABVs, like a double oh. e dry IPA doesn't work so well. So uh, we tried to tone it down to a nano IPA. And right. what's fun is that this yeast uh, doesn't attenuate a lot. So basically it uh, leaves a lot of uh, sugar behind. And um, we found that this is the key point of a lot of nano IPAs. So you want to have residual sugars to kind of carry the hops, carry the flavor, hmm. because you don't have any alcohol to uh, carry all these flavors. So that's what we did. That's the main reason we chose the uh, Idra yeast for this. So it was uh, something that we had planned. And when uh, you guys contacted us, we like, this is perfect uh, for beer because in terms of summertime, like right now I'm sweating myself, this is the perfect <laughs> beer <laughs> for this kind of temperature. And um, we did find that when we uh, gave Idra IPAs to people that didn't like IPAs, the strong pineapple flavor really brought out like uh, something that oh, people yeah. don't necessarily like in IPAs. It kind of covers a lot of the bitterness. It kind of hides a lot of things that some people in the IPAs don't like, of the dank flavors and stuff like that. So mm. by using that yeast, we kind of, in the idea of link up, we said, okay, we're kind of making an IPA that is low ABV, that has a lot of flavors. So in terms of... Uh, uh, accessibility, it's like, I think, a very good product to put forward in that kind of uh, initiative. Nice. That makes a lot of sense, yeah. man. So first things first, cheers. I'm cheers. excited to try it. Mm. Cheers. cheers. The nose cheers. is huge. So much pineapple. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. mm. Oh, wow. So it nice. Is, it is pretty thin because it is a nano IPA, but the idea is like it's 2.5%. You can drink a ton. Yeah, and yeah. I go to bed and wake up the next morning without having a huge headache. It is a beer that is perfect for mm. summertime. So it is not something you'll see uh, out of our brewery in December, but mm -hmm. uh, right. it is something that you see coming out next summer for sure. Okay, it's awesome. It tastes great. Yeah, this is really nice. Yeah. It's super aromatic and bright. Um, what are the hops in this one, too, man? Do you know? It is um, Strata, mm -hmm. Strata, and yep. uh, Citra. Citra, beautiful. Yeah, um, definitely that pineapple is like really shiny. Yeah, yeah. I feel like it's like a touch of like kind of passion fruit in there. Mm -hmm. um, is that and, and a lot of these tropical flavors are they coming from the yeast primarily? A lot from the hops, but the yeast mm -hmm. kind of kind of packages it together. So I, I yeah. find a lot of like our IPAs we use like um, London yeast uh, for IPAs, and there's like this. Um, ripe peach that comes a lot with Fungi London and other strains we use. Uh, for the nano, it kind of goes way like more for the uh, pineapple and mangoes than like yeah. ripe peach and like tangerines. So in terms of profiles, it kind of helps us to work with different yeast because like I feel like you said passion fruit, I find a little bit of lychee in it. Ooh, and I find one. that in the Foggy London, we and our normal IPA yeast like Vermont Ale and uh, Verdant, we don't get the lychee from the Citra that I we can easily get from the Hydra IPA. Gotcha. And the Hydra yeast specifically. Yeah. So like, what? So really, it's it's a Hydra IPA because the yeast is called Hydra. Yeah. There's not like exactly. a, like it's not like brewed IPA or anything like that where there's like some, no no okay. It, we we only coined the term to kind of 
put forward like the work that Escarpment put in creating new yeast and kind of like you said, there are not many breweries that use the term IDRIPA. Like I, I've seen it pop around a little bit, but uh, it was really I was on vacation. I was thinking about it. I was like, hey, let's I'm I'm kind of we we see the NEIPA a lot. We see mm-hmm. West Coast and the idea of creating new IPAs. I've seen like cold IPA hanging around IPLs. And I'm like, is it the same thing? Oh, no, it's not. So I was kind of trying to coin new terms to get people to kind of get the idea that you can like, uh, IPAs are not just like, a, it's, not, it's not a bag that you put everything in it. You can mm-hmm. kind of pick thing and say, okay, this is an oat cream IPA. Or this is a milkshake. And like, and what defines these borders? Like, it's not very defined. There's no like, there's not the BGCP police they're going to come yeah. and arrest us <laughs> yeah. if uh, we, wrong. we misuse a, a term. But the idea is really get get some things around and get uh, in people's mind that IPAs are just not, it's just like not something that's, that's what an IPA is. And like people say, I don't like IPAs. And I can, yeah, I can probably like make you travel through IPAs and you'll find some that you hate and find some that you like. Gotcha. Yeah. I like that, man. This is like a real fun uh, approach to it. Mm-hmm. Um, it is almost interesting that no one else has, has really picked up on this. Um, I know that Lespas did, Lespas Public in yes. Montreal. And that was a collab with you, if I'm Yes, exactly. Yeah. Okay. That was the it's only good. other one I'd seen. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I saw maybe one from, I'm not even sure, maybe um, Brewski, but I'm not sure. Or maybe okay. it was just like a beer on their tap. And they had like I saw EDRIPA somewhere like written on their on their board. Gotcha. But yeah, not like and I, I don't feel like when we came with the idea, like I pushed it with um uh, Gab from Boreal, we did our collab La Rencontre. Uh and it was the idea of like we're gonna work with Boreal and we're gonna try to coin the term a bit more, like having a huge brewery help us like kind of put the term IDRIPA on the market. And like in the end. I don't feel people kind of uh, hopped on that much, but mm-hmm. it's like, it's okay. I mean, it's, yeah, this, we're going to keep using it. If, if people want to use it, go ahead. Uh, most recently we brewed a beer and we tried to style, um, we named it uh, Neil Kulsh. And basically Neil Kulsh, the only brewery that is doing it right now is, and I, I'm pretty sure they coined the term, is uh, Nanosenko, that is downtown Limolu in Quebec yes. City. And it's these idea that we're going to take beer side, we're going to kind of reinvent them, we're going to kind of take what we like and adding a little bit of us in it, and that's how we're going to do it. And like I said, like there's no one going to say you're not allowed to use that term. So we're gonna we're doing pretty much what we want. <laughs> that's so love that. Yeah, that's how you get around it. I love that. Oh yeah, exactly. The uh, that's it's super cool. It's just such a bright. It's a perfect beer for summer. Is what I was thinking as you were kind of talking through. I'm like, mm-hmm. you are right. It's perfect for it. It's. I mean, this is we're recording this in early September, and it's been like a run of. I don't know what it's been like out there, but out here it's been like 30, 31, 32. Oh, yeah. Feels like it's, forty every day. Same yeah. thing. Yeah, exactly. It's crazy. Yeah. It's awesome. I love it. But this mm-hmm. is the perfect beer that you want to drink when you're sweating your head off. Um, oh yeah, for sure. Which is money. So this is really interesting, man. I think it's like a cool, fun addition. And I also like, uh, I've said this on the pod a lot. I remember Quebec was ahead of the game with the nano IPAs, mm-hmm. like the low mm-hmm. ABV. I remember doing a podcast at, um, there's a beer store in, 
uh, Oshilaga. Damn it, I can't believe I've uh, for or something. I think, and yeah, yeah. they busted out all like four beers, and they were all under five percent. Oh so, yeah, I remember that. Yeah. yeah, and I remember being like, "Why? Like, what's what's going mm-hmm. on? This is weird." And then now I'm seeing Ontario and other places catch up because um, you guys were fully, fully ahead of the game with this. So to yeah, me, yeah. it also felt very right coming from a Quebec brewery mm-hmm. that you were doing this because I feel like there's a big appetite for these really yeah. low ABV beers in Quebec. Have you seen mm-hmm. that? Yeah, for sure. I yeah. feel like um, there's maybe this culture of a bit like a French culture of vin de table, like table wine, of having something that you can drink during the whole day that it's not like you don't have the uh, culpability of like, oh, I'm, I've drank three beers. Like you can go on and drink couples. I When I first came around like session IPAs, like it was my idea friend that told me like session you know what it said i was like session what do you mean by it he was like it was sessionable you can drink them on long sessions so i feel like that the nano ipa kind of brings this again to the next level you can drinking after works uh you've picked up the kids uh Mm -hmm. like there's it's you get to drink something that you won't feel um like regret of like yeah drinking two cans of it and it's the idea, like, a lot of, about the idea of today we get a lot of uh, uh, sobriety of, like, we got uh, subto- uh, sober October, we got, like, in uh, Quebec, we got February, uh, Jean Lapointe, yeah. and a lot of friends. It's now a lot of part of uh, what people talk about sobriety. So in my opinion, it was, like, a perfect match of saying, like, we get to continue drinking beer, but we get to find, like, alternatives that get us to enjoy it without like the headaches the drunk the the you can drive your car and stuff like yeah. that it's, it's it's pretty great yeah, yeah. you know breakfast, I, love lunch. Beer. I don't like alcohol yeah. yeah yeah oh that's fair yeah and that's fair too and uh good for lunch i would say you're yes, good, good, for, beers. good for brunch yeah good for brunch beers you know yeah. um, it, it's light and got yeah. that sort of mimosa-ish flavors as well going there's yeah. no citrus really in it but it's fruity and, and, and bright. Yeah, I think it's so that like, pineapple yeah. that comes off of the... I can totally uh, see yeah. this with some eggs. Um, with yeah, eggs? Yeah, yeah. yeah great. And then, um, <laughs> but uh, I think that's also cool what you're saying because there's also something where it's lighter so it's also like uh, inoffensive. So say you aren't somebody who loves beer, really. I feel like mm-hmm. it's a nice, light, cool drink to have where it's not like punch you in the face. You see IPA and you're used to getting punched in the face. Yeah. So while we're introducing people even to beer and things like that, it's cool that that, that this is what the link up beer is too. So yeah, yeah, um, yeah I dig it. it. I love it. I think this is great. I love it. It's... And I haven't been drinking that as much beer lately. So I like these light, I'm in a light vibe yeah. with all of these lately. So it's perfect. Yeah, for yeah. Mm-hmm. Which is probably less cool. calorically dense as well. Less I would imagine so. Probably. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Just yeah. less grain. See? Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's it's genuinely uh, delicious. And on top of that, the uh, always we'd love to talk about the can art. I think it's always really yes. fun because we don't see the can art until it's mm-hmm. released, which is sometimes breweries send it to us for link up, but sometimes they don't mm-hmm. and you don't have to. And I think it's even more fun when you don't because then we get to see it live on Instagram when, when we get the tag. So tell us about this one. Obviously, if anyone knows anything about Noctem, uh, your whole vibe is is cats, which yeah. is sick. There's always a yeah, cat. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I I have we have so our again, guests. The cats. Yeah, tell us about this one. Tell us about the. So you'll see it's a bit different than our normal cans. Normally we have one cat. On this one, we decided to go with a multitude Multiple. of cats. <laughs> so uh, the a idea multitude. was like, 
it's it, we, we I said to our our uh, graphic designer, and uh, she came aboard like uh, in the early summer, and like uh, we just love her. And she, I was like, we gotta do this beer and this link up. And I told her and I showed her the the site, and it's like you get to have something. So first thing she said, you gotta have a lot of cats, and <laughs> you gotta get different cats for sure. So that's the first thing she did. And the other thing in the background, normally we do like these funky 3D backgrounds. And this one, she kind of approached it with, um, I'm not sure, and I think it's cross-stitch. Uh, yep. point. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it's the idea of like stitching things together. Like you get old uh, fabrics and you put them together and can do like something that is not necessarily, uh, the design kind of evolves around what you got on hand. Like you kind of stitch the, the, the product what you have lying around. So the idea was doing kind of a huge cross stitch in the back of something mm-hmm. that kind of uh, really, I think like um, it's the idea of like, again, community, again, like uh, getting like the idea of like, you get a lot of stuff and you stitch it together and yeah. the different cats, that's the idea behind that. We said there's not a cat that can like uh, kind of crystallize the whole idea. So we could, we put like six on there. I love that. I love it so much. So yeah, cool. and all different types. Like, it's cool. When you see it, you're like, all right, they're all linking up on the can. Yeah, right? yeah, we exactly, get it, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and even what you're saying about the cross-stitching in the back, it's That's cool because really it's like taking the pieces of it, like everybody, like taking everything and then bringing it together. Exactly. It's very cool. Which is what yeah. beer should be. Yeah, yeah. Like, well, it should everyone. be everybody. It should be a mix mm-hmm. of everything yeah. and everyone. So I love that. Awesome. Yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. I, honestly, like, I, I feel like we say this almost every time, but this is easily my favorite part. Obviously, the beers are phenomenal, but like the favorite part is hearing that description because every single brewery has always been thoughtful about it and they've always had some sort of a reason i love that when it goes deeper like that and there's i wouldn't have picked that uh, with the the cross background Mm -hmm. so that's why you need to hire a graphic designer you get get a good one she's great that's (laughs) awesome it's so key man um thank you and thank you to the team as well for for being so thoughtful about this as far as the from the beer itself Mm -hmm. to the can to the whole thing dude like this is very impressive i I we appreciate that a lot it's very dope Yes, killed yeah. it. Yeah, I, it, I love what she she did. It's it's really really dope. Has it? What's the response been at the brewery? Like, do people sort of ask questions about what it's about and everything? Uh, I think like when people see Link Up, they they don't like uh, figure out exactly what it is. A lot of people, I feel like um, we, I, I feel sometimes we've a bit of abuse of the uh, our clients' um, willingness of looking at the labels and finding everything. I feel like. There's so many labels now. They're just like, okay, what is it? Give it to yeah, me. Yeah, they're like, sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, what kind of? But when we talk about the initiative, people are like really interested. And uh, when they saw the different like cats and stuff, they push like that's the thing. Like, we we need to get out of like when we do collabs and stuff like that. We make sure that to not just put one cat, one background. We try to do something a bit different so people can know that there's something going on. Like this, mm-hmm. okay, why is this beer there? What's different about this one? Because people know our branding pretty much. They know the, the cats more than they know like our logos and our names and stuff like that. So they know like the cats on a can, that's us. So when they see it, it's like, oh, what's Link Up? And then we explained it to them. And uh, I feel like a lot of people didn't know the initiative existed. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's it's something that kind of, um, like I saw, I think Beige did it last year. That's when I, I yep. got uh, a wind of it uh, last year. And I feel like it's not out there in the, in Quebec, but uh, mm-hmm. when people like hear about it, like 
quite interesting. And they feel like this is an issue that exists. And when we see our startup businesses going on around us, we know that there's something like in the beer industry that needs to uh, evolve more about like people that are passionate about their work and that their work is compensated about what they're doing. Mm-hmm. It, our industry evolves very fast. And if we're not careful about it, pretty soon um, the people coming on podcasts won't be the brewers. They'll be like just owners that just got their new venture of money and they just wanted to make a buck. So I feel like getting people to know about the industry of what brewing beer is, uh, it's the main, like, that's what I see as the most important is like keeping the craft in the business and not making people making craft being just like simple employees that are kind of easily discarded and that are not like locked up uh, upon like when they're, they're working for a company or owning it, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's dope. I see, I see what you mean. And that's good to hear about, I mean, Quebec City, obviously we're working on it, trying to have more of a footprint out there. Obviously most of the, mm-hmm. the you know, we lived in Montreal for a decade. So most of our contacts were, were in Montreal and we're trying to sort of move more into Quebec City, obviously the next big city that would have a more diverse population that would be interested in getting into beer, which makes the most sense for us. So that's good to hear that the response has been good, that when people are learning about it, they're like, oh, they need to know more. So We've got work mm-hmm. to do, but, you know, we continue to try to, to make those steps. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So then, I mean, you kind of uh, answered it, but, like, the, obviously we always start with this question. Like, you know, what about Link Up and, like, diversifying the craft beer industry did mm-hmm. appeal to, to you personally or to, to Noctem in general? Well, I feel like that um, when we look at the industry, a lot of changes happen, like, in the past years. And um, I always like to, to bring out the um, kind of the uh, – metaphor of the uh, blacksmith or the uh, uh, the baker in the village that uh, beer is a craft. It's not art. It's a craft. It's something that is done every day that kind of uh, doesn't feed the people. It creates beer for people. So in this idea, if it's part of the community as a whole, like as a, um, like a, a place you go to drink and you go to uh, savor the work of someone else, uh, I feel that if the communities become more diverse. There's no reason that all the uh, power, all the uh, um, like uh, the ownership of breweries are kept in the same hands. Mm. So in, in the same idea, like I feel like uh, youth, I feel like people come from different uh, uh, places and people that come from uh, uh, different backgrounds uh, should be allowed to kind of access to it. Like, I mean, a little bit like in a village, uh, you need like uh, people that do all kinds of works. So in this idea, like making sure that the money is not all kept up in bigger breweries. And so the small business idea, I think it's the most important in there, like getting people to learn the craft and be able to own it in the end. And I mean, really own it, like owning their businesses and making a living out of it and making a career out of it. That's the most important thing to keep the craft beer industry alive because that's how you'll get new product that's how you get new stuff that's how you get breweries that will stay in the village or in the city for like decades and if you just have like people coming in opening a brewery and slapping a brand on it and getting their beer done uh, elsewhere that's not going to like survive decades and it's not going to like create this community idea in the city or in a small town so in my idea it's like creating people that getting people that are passionate about beer and being able to train them and show them 
all the works in the system so they can integrate it and kind of own it in the end. That's like what kind of really called out to me. Mm-hmm. It's really this idea of, uh, I would say, grabbing the means of production and, <laughs> yeah. and getting things done. Yeah. Totally. Yeah, that's great. And, uh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, please. Yeah. I was thinking like a big part of, we did the scholarship and we just, mm. it's still going on. So if anyone's out there listening and they're interested in the scholarship, yes, yes. it's with Niagara College and it'll help you get into the brewing and operations program. Um, but that's the goal, right? It, for us too, is like ownership is a big part. So getting these diverse individuals exposed to it and on the ground and in the brewery and learning so it's like whether that leads to ownership management something in there that you know really helps you grow the industry that's been a big part and ownership has always been a big part for us too so it's Mm -hmm. cool to also um hear you mention that because it's really aligned with what our thought is like let's get you in and you don't know how far that could even go even brewery exactly. helps tourism too even when you think about that mm-hmm. so it's like you That's could end up if we're placing you in and you decide that you want to move to quebec city from montreal for example mm-hmm. and then you end up building a brewery of your own there that just further helps the communities further helps craft beer so yeah it's it, that's uh, always a big part of what we um, yeah, yeah, yeah. of our goal as well yeah when i get into a restaurant and i i i know like one of the co-owners is the chef like I know I'm in for like a treat. I know I'm gonna have a good oh, time yeah. because <laughs> the craft is ingrained in the, the business, like to the root. Mm-hmm. It's not someone that is just there that might not be there tomorrow. It's something someone that is there like for life. That like they're like okay, this is what I'm doing. So and and getting there, like being a chef, being a brewer, it takes like a lot of knowledge and there are a lot of people like sharing this knowledge right now. And like, we want to make sure also that like this uh, knowledge is shared to everyone and not just like to the highest bidder. So like that you're not going to get like a lot of money, hire a couple consultants, hire this brewer off the shelf, getting in the brewery and there's a way slap me a couple recipes and I'm going to be like a brewery now. So it's the idea of like really that everyone, people that actually do the work are, are like, uh, compensated and are like uh, able to like develop their full potential yeah that's dope man so then obviously it sounds like you're pretty invested in a lot of this type of stuff i mean how, how tell us about any other community type of things that you guys obviously you know link ups about diversity about different cultures mm-hmm. being exposed to beer so that we can bring more people in and get more ideas and like kind of like a like like cross stitch the community and bring everybody in and, and yeah. sharing all these ideas and then getting ownership to keep these small businesses like all you're saying growing the community which i think is a really good point because i hadn't really thought of that before um what other type of stuff have you guys done where you know you guys have been around for a while now like i imagine you're pretty involved in the the mm-hmm. community out there yeah yeah at the pub but like uh, a lot of our community is work is done at the pub because that we find that it's a perfect hub to kind of uh, invest in the people around us. So um, we do a lot of stuff with um, uh, people from, uh, we work a lot with the um, uh, theater um, okay. um, companies. And uh, so we do a lot of beer with companies that are kind of putting forward new ideas. So uh, we did uh, beer with uh, a collective that did the Les Fabuleurs, which is uh, a story of... Um, People that are like before the uh, Pride uh, March, and they uh, it's the theater, it's a show, 
And uh, so we do beers uh, also with other artists like uh, from the LGBTQ uh, community. So we did the beer called La Fin N'arrive Jamais with Narcisse, which is, uh, he's an artist in Quebec City that is uh, doing a lot of great music. So cool. we work also with other uh, um, OBNL with uh, like Divergent that also uh, deals with um, gender identity. Uh, so it's, it's a lot of work in the past year has been, uh, uh, around a lot of the LGBTQ community in Quebec. Mm-hmm. And, uh, we've also tried to, uh, work with a lot of, uh, organism that work in downtown because downtown Quebec has been, uh, evolving very fast for the past three years. And we do see that we are in need of like supporting people around us, especially since we are in the neighborhood that has uh, seen like a rise in uh, poverty a lot. So mm. what we try to do is we work like with other um, organisms. They do a better work than we do for sure. So we just try to give them money in the end. But uh, we work a lot with Ancranage and uh, Maison Keg. So we try to work with organisms that kind of really support in the idea of like, we work, I would say in a 10 kilometer radius of where the pub is. We haven't done huge initiative like link up where we kind of go like nationwide and stuff like that. We don't, a lot, we don't do a lot of like uh, going with huge organisms that like are nationwide, that are province wide. We always try to work very close to close knit, um, uh, not businesses, but organization that work near us. That's how we feel that like our work and our power kind of in the lever we can add in giving money and uh, helping out that it can actually be worth it. And we can see a change instead of like giving money to like a huge organization that we don't really know <laughs> what they're going to do. What's with hap- it. Yeah. What yeah. they're going to do with it and uh, how they're going to feel about it and how it's going to re- like reflect itself like near us. So um, we have, we work a lot with small communities, small um, companies uh, from uh, theater companies, uh, local artists, and again, like we uh, never give money to other businesses necessarily. Like, so we always try to give money to a OBNL, OMG. And um, so it's it's all the, the idea of like, if someone comes up, they have this like artistic project and we're like, okay, we're going to support you. We're going to give you like exposure. We have brew a beer for you, but we're not going to give you money, but you got to pick an ONG that is near you that mm. feels right. And that is like near uh, where Noctem exists. So that's how we've kind of approached a lot of our uh, community uh, uh, work around us. Hmm. So hyper-local. Yeah. Yeah. Which is interesting because I guess one of the things that we've talked about on the pod a bunch, not maybe the Link Up series, but just like the way that craft beer is going, like it seems to be kind of coming back to that hyper-localness, like your favorite mm-hmm. local brewery that you can walk to that's like always like taking care of and really caring about that immediate community around them, which is probably the the optimal approach, mm-hmm. I guess, because it's really difficult sure. to make the impact at scale. But what you probably can change realistically, like you said, that 10 kilometer radius. I mean, that's, uh, I like that. I like that approach to it. In the time that you've been doing all this work, man, have you seen 
do you have any examples of like a, a change or a difference that you've seen with any of the things? I know once again, this stuff takes time. All of them, as yeah, we know, I mean, we know very well yeah. it's brick by brick. It's very slow rolling, unfortunately, but I guess that's, mm-hmm. you know, that's what social change is. Um, have you, in how long has Noctan been around? Uh, we've been around for eight years now. Eight years. Nice. So in yeah. that time and with any of your work in under any of the banners, doesn't matter what type of stuff, have you been able to really like see it? Is that long enough working with different companies, mm-hmm. uh, organizations and seeing the change? Yeah. I would say we, we've done change. I don't think we've done change, but I think we, we've kept some stances that were clear. Like we, we put like the borders of like, um, uh, inclusivity very like early in the uh when we create our pub and mm. we acted on it like with our uh the employees that were like waiters and people that worked there that this is how this is how knock them is going to work and that's how we're going to deal with people like coming in and that want to be here and people like come here that are uh not super fun to other people so we've kept these clear lines very defined over time. So like we've been known for a place like you go knock them. If you're not like super nice, uh, you're going to get kicked out. So it's this idea of keeping these lines very clear. We're not, we're not here. Like I don't care if you bring money, if you're not like with our set of values, it's not going to work. So it's this idea of like, we want to uh, make sure the lines we we follow are clear so i feel that over time we've had like we've seen changes but it's not because of us but what i'm glad is that the change like the lines we've put up now like are i feel like more lines are more um accepted today Mm -hmm. like i feel maybe before we were a bit more like um in advance of other like uh in 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 terms of like um acceptability and inclusiveness and so now we're like this is more of a norm. So I'm kind of glad, like it would be bad if we have to change because like we were, had like a backward mentality. Yeah. I'm kind of glad that actually we're, we, we were just uh, like before the wave. Yeah. <laughs> it's good. Yeah. You're ahead of the, ahead of the game on that <laughs> yeah, one. That's, it's true. that's good. That I would just... say we, I, I didn't feel we changed anything that I wouldn't, I wouldn't give myself that credit for sure. Like it's not something I feel we did, but I do feel that, the lines we've put like early in the business idea of like what knock them is when you come there, how you're going to get treated. I'm pretty glad that like we've kept it and it hasn't changed because it was the right way to go. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And I'm sure there is change in there because even if it's like you're changing someone's thoughts and the way that they think, or even making them think, for example, about inclusiveness, like just even among your staff, I think that is like you're changing perception it's like you're changing the person yeah, yeah, even yeah. if it's not like sure. you you launched something i think it's still yeah. um yeah i still think that's important that's very cool yeah. and it's good that you were doing it from the beginning because it shows it's like authentic too right it's like not like mm-hmm. oh my gosh it's diversity's marketing marketing yeah, exactly. you know like you did it because you <laughs> like always felt that way to you guys you really yeah. actually care mm-hmm. yeah i imagine i agree with that i think that maybe i know you're being humble and you're not saying that noctem made changes but perhaps the organizations that have been around for a while that you've contributed to have made change over this eight years exactly in the the you know in quebec city in the particular neighborhood um and i imagine they would have whether that's just i don't know just more safe spaces that people feel like welcome in because you know breweries have typically been a very 
well, craft breweries in the last whatever mm-hmm. 20, 30 years, this is a very white dudes with beards space. So like yeah, imagine yeah. being even before you even talk about um culture or ethnicity, just being mm-hmm. a woman walking into that space and you're like, oh fuck, there's all these dudes in here <laughs> like staring at me. Do you, maybe it was pretty damn uncomfortable, I imagine. So I think that the gender balance has been pretty sweet. Yeah. Like over the last, mm-hmm. I don't know, five-ish years maybe or so. And then now it's more cultural. So if you're somebody, a person of color, and you walk in, you're seeing all these white people, you might just be like, oh, this this place isn't for me. Mm-hmm. And you never want anyone to do that because that's not what a brewery mm-hmm. is. And I know that Quebec City is a relatively diverse place ethnically, I'm pretty sure, right? Like it's mm-hmm. not, you know, some parts of Quebec are like 90-something percent, like, you know. Oh, for sure. Like it, we're, we're a city. I mean, like, for sure, like, and like... Uh... I mean, in downtown Quebec, there's a lot more diversity than there was like 20 years ago. That's for sure. Yeah. It, it, the, 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 the portrait has changed a lot. Good. That's good. good. Yeah. And you got, where, what's the neighborhood, the public? So when we saw you, it was in the St. Mm-hmm. Malo, which was sort of yeah. out a little bit, not far, but like 10, yeah. 15 minutes mm-hmm. out, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the uh, industrial uh, uh, district. Uh, yeah. Okay. I always forget the name of the, the English now. I always like everyone, like, the like the production facility production yeah. facility oh yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the, yeah the main brewery is there and there is, it used to be like a military uh district where a lot of oh, people there oh. were like the hill houses behind and the uh, you know, uh the building i think is on in an old like munition building back in like i think Jeez. world war one like not even world war two it's like way older than Damn. that and uh, but the pub is in downtown saint Roch. so saint Roch has always Rock. been the uh, populous um, uh, neighborhood. Mm-hmm. It's been, it's the downtown neighborhood. Okay. It has been a bit like the, uh, the, the, the neighborhood that been looked over a lot uh, because mm-hmm. basically in the history of Quebec, rich people lived uptown, poor people lived downtown, like literally mm-hmm. because like the uptown is higher. That's where you get a parliament and stuff like that. Gotcha. And um, so, yeah, it's a, it's a neighborhood that used to be uh, just like workers, a lot of like uh, small buildings, like all uh, squished together. And uh, in, like I think in the early 2000s, they had this idea of kind of making the neighborhood uh, Nouveau Saint-Roch, so uh, genderifying the, uh, yes. the neighborhood. And mm. when we opened the pub, it was at the end of the gentrification of it. Okay. The main, I'd say, I would say the main, the first wave of gentrification because where we are, it used to be, it, it used to be like a sushi bar and in front there was like a Hugo Boss shop and like, okay. it was like very <laughs> uh, trendy street and stuff yeah. like that. But it, it, when we came around, it's, it was like a new era of like small restaurants, small businesses opening. Um, cool. I would say a, very Portlandish in terms of, uh, of having like this, like, um, anime, uh, Japanese anime uh, comic book store and then decided you would have like this tea shop and like it was very like small business owned by people that we all knew mm-hmm. and um, cool. but in the past few years for sure like we've had seen, we have seen the rise of uh, Airbnb and uh, different tourism so a lot of people that used to live in the neighborhood are not there anymore. The neighborhood's pretty much uh, not people living there mainly Airbnbs and uh, the businesses are not doing so great now. Like they were doing good, but it's, it's not the golden era we had like five years ago. So um, 
we're seeing a change now because they're making changes in laws and stuff like that. So I feel like this neighborhood, St. Helic, seen a lot of shares like of, uh, you know, in terms of um, urban like uh, planning and stuff like that. We've seen it all so far. So there's more coming. There's going to be a tramway. There's going to be like all kinds of new stuff uh, coming around the pub. But yeah, it's a neighborhood that's really, really active. A lot of changes, a lot of stuff happening. And a lot of people hanging around. That's for sure. Gotcha. Wow. I do not think we went there, right? No, we went so... See, the tourism board didn't put us in fun places. Mm-hmm. That's the only one thing. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what else? I think also, though, to be fair to the... I think because you happen to be at the the true. main production mm-hmm. facility, so yeah, we went there, true. not the pub. That's mm-hmm. the only reason we didn't go to the pub. Yeah, yeah. And we also mm-hmm. had, like, two nights. I yeah, mean, it was one. really fast. But yeah. I just feel like the tourism board mm-hmm. always puts you in the really, like... Because that sounds more like a neighborhood that we would oh, we should be stay. more to be mm-hmm. in, that we'd want to mm-hmm. stay in. But they always put you in, like, the commercial or finance or, like, whatever. Yeah. You know, we like, those districts. We stayed in the old port. So it's always, like, that type of... Where, yeah, yeah. What else is in St. Ro- I'm just trying to picture it as you're describing mm-hmm. it. Is, is there a, There's another brewery near you, right? Oh yeah, for sure. There's, most of the breweries are downtown near Saint Roch. So we got La Barberie that is beside us. We got oh, La Corrigan. Oh, so then we did okay. go there. And the Corrigan. Yeah, yeah. The, okay, yeah. we're on the corner. And, yeah. yeah, yeah. And so we you, have uh, right Grendel. Grendel is just on the border of the next neighborhood, Saint Sauveur. Saint Sauveur. Okay, because Martin, we met up with Martin there, and he was mm-hmm. telling us about the neighborhood and explaining it. Like yeah. giving us the lowdown on on the map. That area did look really cool. Yeah, yeah so okay. that one was yeah. cool, and, and we went to Barbary mm-hmm. as well. Mm-hmm. So that means I'm picturing it right. And we went to Corrigan in like 2014 or something, like a long time mm-hmm. ago when we went. Okay, they had all the yeah, cool yeah. streets and stuff like that. Yeah, like and it's like, like on that hill, like yeah. coming up the mountain and all, like or whatever. The it felt like not even it felt like being in like somewhere like in Europe the, or something. Yeah, yeah I couldn't even so describe yeah, it. Yeah. So cool, very cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's really good then. So then you've got like a, a bit of a, an opportunity for people to come, like you know. There's like cool stuff in the area, cool restaurants, stores, everything mm-hmm. like that, which attracts all sorts of backgrounds. And then you guys, people would be able to see all these breweries and be able to be like, oh, like these look fun. And maybe they just think of it as a bar even, which is good. And then different people could come in and be like, oh, shit, like this is popping. Like, I feel like every time we've been around there, it's always been busy. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess yeah, we've only been sure. in summer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the area is always busy. There's like a lineup mm-hmm. to get into places and stuff. So, I mean, like that's really positive, I guess, to see that there's like neighborhood that's walkable because everything felt pretty mm-hmm. walkable too yeah, and yeah, people yeah. can do a little bit of a hop if they want as well mm-hmm. so just more encouraging yeah, that different different oh, people yeah, yeah. Up. yeah for sure yeah. that's where people hang out like that's okay. people hang out and say like it's easy for you to go around and find small businesses different businesses it's not a like a shopping mall it's not like something that is like you'll you you won't you won't find like the McDonald's, you won't find the Tim Hortons, you won't find the the fast food, you won't find Good. the big nice. brand stores. It's mainly small businesses. That's like the best part of downtown Quebec for sure. Yeah. Like it, it, there there's no way you'll find like this kind of same like huge multinational business that are just like all stacked up on the best corner that's mm. not how it is it's just small businesses and small like awesome. coffee shops and uh yeah bars a lot of bars downtown that's for sure that's where that's people <laughs> go and drink i love that yeah when we go to montreal next time we should go to um quebec city, quebec city. i know i was thinking yeah. think about because we we're just in montreal yeah a couple of weeks ago for the first time since we moved and I was sick to go back as a visitor now and be like, oh, man, yeah. It yeah. would have been cool. Everything was so quick, so we yeah. didn't really get much time. Yeah. Um, so to sort of bring it home, 
being that you guys have you've done a lot of work in this obviously over the eight years like you've done a lot of different um community things obviously you're very tapped in and very uh intentional with your approach to working with the community and the organizations that you work with being that um you know our audience is is obviously there's a lot of drinkers but there's also a lot of people within the industry and i always like to use these ones as i was telling you off air that you know to, to sort of if there's hopefully inspire other breweries to maybe take some action if they haven't in the past because they maybe weren't sure what to do um do you have any if you were if another brewery asked you hey man like we want to get involved either it's diversity to try and help diversify our staff in our tap room um or just to tap in with the community what advice would you give another brewery uh if they were curious about it but didn't know where to start i would say like um we're still like a new industry. So we need, I would say we need to tap in like all these uncut diamonds that are hanging around. Um, don't like, I, I have a tendency of hiring people that don't just don't come to me with all the knowledge okay. that I can teach them and I can find people that are um, motivated. Motivation is the main thing. Like I would say, and it's, it's the idea, like, um, try to get people, uh, they're going to get you to think a bit out of the box. So I'm not going to lie. Like if I get like someone that is going to apply and someone is from a person of color from another country or just like, uh, someone that is not a white cis male, mm-hmm. I'm going to have like a positive bias to hire this person. Right. And it, the idea is just like, let's try to move things around. I'm not going to say it's become boring, but like I've met all the, the white dudes. I've, I've <laughs> had my, I've had my load. So, <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm, we're just going to try something new and it, it's fine. And like I said, like we're going to get like a new graphic designer and like we, we need some freshness in the beer industry. I'm not like, it's not, I, I'll be, I'll be positive, but I, I, I tried to say like, um, I feel like we need something new. We need to think a bit out of what we've done for the past 10 years. Right. Um, it's not about like high alcohol. It's not about like doing the craziest beer. It's not about like having the beer can that looks like it's going to like murder you with like things that are like so hyped and stuff like that. It's just, it, it's beer and we can have fun and we can do different stuff. And yeah, I, I feel like, we, we need new blood. We need new people mm-hmm. that are coming in and changing what we've done. Because if we don't evolve, if we don't find new stuff, if we don't diversify, if we don't find like different avenues, uh, we're going to die like another trend. Like we're just going to become another Tupperware. And that's like, it's, we're just going to be the same thing. And I feel like we need to evolve. We need to change. Beer is alive. Beer has been like in different parts of the world. So we need to keep it alive like that. Well said, man. Yeah, that well is said. really good. New blood, I like, I like too. That's the clip right yeah. there. That's, yeah, that's, a, yeah, that's yeah, great. That's, what right. we need. That, that's the message we wanted to tell yeah. people, bro. Dude, honestly, what better way to bring it home from there? So uh, we're going to take a screenshot, dude. Do you want to hold up the can yes. just for the, oh, yeah. uh, the sure. thumbnail? This is always fun. Do you want to grab your can, babe? Make sure I get the link up, face it forward. There we go. Carry. Okay, All right. There we go. Amazing. Um, Brian, you're champion, dude. Thank you so much for, for your insight and for taking the time and for participating in link up. Uh, this was super, super fun. Um, super great. We'll, 
I really, we really appreciate you, man. Um, stick around afterwards and we'll, we'll wrap up. But for now, where can everybody find Noctem online? Uh, go on noctem.ca, find where there's some link up close to you. We got yes. all the people that sell our beer on our site. We got little maps. Nice. If there's a can, there's beer near you. Cool. <laughs> Make sure you get it. I definitely saw a few Super. stores in Montreal posting about it and tagging us, which is great mm-hmm. to see. Um, Super. And I, th- I think it's, is it Noctem Artisan Brasser on Instagram? Or un- with underscores? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And yep. easiest way, if there's a cat mm. on the cam, it's us. <laughs> I mean, it's not, well, too bad. Just, <laughs> we're going to take credit for it. Too. There's going to yeah, be like cease and desist. Is yeah, I was, I was thinking, be. I was like, you said a cease and desist. But <laughs> yes. like, yeah, you guys, you stand out every <laughs> yeah. time and it's so cool. I think it's also because it's the realism against like, it's like mm-hmm. a realism cat. It's not, Ill, it's not it's like. It's a photo. Yeah, yeah. you know, yeah, so yeah. that that also really stands out. Mm-hmm. So cool. I um, really think people would be like, yeah, I want some of the cat beer. Can yeah, I know, the cat beer. Most people probably would have had catnip by now, but you know, yeah. you got a bunch mm-hmm. of the old school West Coast. You got a bunch of really fantastic beers that uh, you know are just super high quality. Our Quebec City beer is so exceptional. So if you really, mm-hmm. if you have access to it, whether you're in, if you're not in Quebec, then get a friend and trade. Mm-hmm. And if you are in Quebec, mm-hmm. then get some goddamn Quebec City beer. It's uh, exceptional, particularly Nocto. Oh, yeah. um, Brian, you're a legend. Thank you so much Thanks. for uh, taking the time. Everybody, thank you for watching and listening. If you enjoyed the episode, smash the thumbs up, hit subscribe below, hit that notification bell Ding. so you know when the new new drops. Follow us everywhere at BAOS Podcast and, of course, at Link Up Beer. It is linkupbeer.org. Now, if you identify as BIPOC and you would like to participate in the program that we have, whether it's you know with Cicerone or whether it's applying for the uh, Niagara College um, scholarship and hopefully a lot more to come on that even next year. We'll be able to expand that even more. Um, you can apply on the website. You speak with Danielle and she'll take it from there. Um, and of course, wherever you are, particularly Ontario and Quebec, there's the, hopefully some of the, by the time this comes out, hopefully some of the um, link up. We're doing this pretty soon after the series. So I'm hoping you'll be able to get your hands on something. So definitely go look out for it. Ask for it at your favorite stores. Um, We'll see you guys in the next episode. Bye. Cheers, y'all.